Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Defy the Norm. So I started with some consistency in doing, you know, interviews on Monday, Awake and Wednesday on Wednesdays, and my solo cast on Saturday. But now that we launched the app, I kind of like keeping all my solo cast ideas on my feed. So join me over there on the app and make sure you follow me, Robin, if you like my random rants and inspiration. And if you don't, definitely don't follow me there. But today, instead, I'd like to bring... Victor on because we have these, we're going to call them business talks, but they're really just life talks all the time. And so I thought, you know what, instead of us just keeping these uh, to ourselves, we're going to just bring you in to the conversation. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box. Dream big and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. Uh, The conversation started with talking about how uh, we've been reading Joe Dispenza's book, uh, Supernatural, Becoming Supernatural, because for me, I felt like it was the next step in, um, in kind of this consciousness journey. You know, we've, we've gone full circle in a lot of parts of our life where we, you know, we had the American dream and then we got to step into having the nomadic dream. And now the world is, you know, whether you really believe that this is just temporary and that there's some form of going back to normal, which I have trouble even imagining that some people think that, but maybe there are people who still think that there's some element of going back to normal. I feel like we're already, we're, we're too far away from that. So we're going into this new reality where to me, the skills and the lessons I learned in living the 3D rat race mentality I had already deconstructed. I already gave that up. I played by those rules. I followed the norm, did all the things I was supposed to, college degrees, beautiful house, new cars, own business, did that. Lots of debt. (laughs) Then we went the other extreme of like, well, I'm just going to go be happy and experience life and to see what's out there. And and that was great. And now we're at the spot where like, okay, how do we take what we've learned and how do we create a new reality in a world that seems to be um, about to implode upon itself. And I truly believe, right? I say this all the time on our podcast. I truly believe there is this beautiful ending to this story, but that it's gonna be really hard for a while. And I'm hoping, so Victor and I are kind of talking about like, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we get through? So um, that's kind of prefacing where we're at in this conversation. The other part is that um, I do think how we make money affects our relationships, uh, dramatically. My, my big, uh, argument, let's be real. I'm type eight. I argue everything. My big argument is that there's no point in making money. If you don't know how you want to spend that money, if you don't even know what brings you joy, what makes you happy, what makes you thrive 
to me, it's limited me because I'm like, well, as long as I'm like on the rock wall or out climbing or doing something different and I'm surrounded by my family, I'm kind of happy. But I realize, well, maybe I'm limiting myself because I do catch myself constantly complaining about uh, the truck not running great or the we take Momo, the class C, but it's broken. And, and there's part of me that goes like, well, pay attention to yourself, Robin. If you're saying that, why are you not just buying new stuff? And... You know, there's definitely the excuse of, well, I don't want, I don't want a brand new truck. I don't want them tracking me. Um, there's also the excuse of the, of like justifying, well, I'm okay. I don't really need to. There's the fear or the safety and security of, well, I don't want to zero out our accounts. They're all things that I'm very well aware of, but what that answer is to get to the next level, to go out and really just go buy a new truck, a new RV and a new fifth wheel I mean, we're talking, that's a huge shift in finances and to have that kind of mentality where it's possible would change. It would definitely, can you imagine, it puts quite the strain on a relationship. The alternative is if we constantly protect this idea of safety, of like, oh, just stay home, don't go anywhere, just just, uh, be safe in your home and be uh, grateful that you have a house, then then where's the joy in that? I mean, yes, it's nice, you know, house and nice, but there's not much fun. And so let's give him a little backstory. Hey, thanks for joining me, Victor, since I just started recording and didn't even throw it. Oh, hi. I'm, I didn't, it's like I wasn't here. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so we're reading Joe Dispenza's book. Do you want to give a little bit of uh, backstory about what Joe Dispenza kind of stands for or why why are you reading it in the first place? Um, I, I think... Why I'm personally interested is that I've uh, personally realized that I have significant programming problems that are limiting um, me in my relationship with my wife and then me from punching through sort of this next level uh, in my business or into my sort of becoming an entrepreneur. And so as you guys all well know, like there's only so much you can take from the people closest to you. Uh, So there's only a certain amount that Robin can say before it obviously adds to a heated discussion. Even though I do really appreciate everything she does and the way she can say it, there's only so much. I have to be able to take it from another source and interpret it in my little pea brain as to how I can apply it. And so when she told me about Joe Dispenza and the power of meditate, well, we've been meditate had a meditative practice for me for sure since we've gotten up here to our home base. So what, six months, eight months, Robin, somewhere Ten there? Months. Ten months. I've been I've been working on that uh, with some success. I've seriously dropped levels of tension, anxiety, um, improved my recovery from an exercise standpoint, and so I've seen that benefit. But to punch through to this other level. I haven't seen that. And, and what I mean is my programming has limited my ability to draw to me what I sort of want. Now, I know that sounds a little bit like witchcraft, but ultimately I know that it's so deeply wired. I needed to go deeper into understanding so that I can maybe apply better theories, techniques so that I can, so that I can punch through. And so in Joe Dispenza's book, he's essentially talking about the cornerstone of this is a meditative practice with a certain intention and that the link between our memories in our past past put us in this loop 
where we're essentially forecasting our future and being stuck by being stuck in our past. I hope that sort of makes sense, but or maybe it doesn't. But to me, it goes a massive light bulb like, oh, no, our programming dooms us to relive that loop, that replay loop. And so we essentially um, whatever little traumas create us or we develop in force us to relive it over and over and over again. And so people are going, oh, I don't know, I got bad luck. Uh, you know, I got bad genes, which I, you know, that's a big one I hear. Like, oh, I just got bad genes. That's why I can't change my physical body. I'm like, well, you better be careful what you're saying to yourself. And I remember thinking to myself with a great many people when they would take all these steps, but then they weren't encountering physical change. I'm like, there's something missing. And so when I see this, or read this and listen to him. I've been inundating myself with as many podcasts that I find him in. Things start to resonate with me like, oh yeah, this is why I haven't been able to punch through. And I think that kind of gives you a little synopsis. Is there anything I missed, Robin? So we talked about this on the Awaken Wednesday and hopefully you're joining me on the app. And I talked a, another, I did a whole lecture, lecture, lesson, workshop, whatever, about bringing together these key points, so I don't want to reiterate it too much, but it, it is as simple as a conflict. Let's say Victor and I have a new new thing in our like I'm gonna I'm going on a road trip to Ten Sleep, and I say, hey, I'm going. The girls want to go climb in Ten Sleep. I'm gonna go with them. That triggers an emotion of abandonment. You left me. You're or even a trigger an emotion of like I'm not important to you, and then that probably brings up a thought like, oh, gosh, when I was a kid, I remember like people not, that I didn't feel important to them. Yeah, but that's not even that active, right? Right. You're, you're tracing out the steps. It was only until recently that I was able to go, oh, this is happening. Let me, let me stop it. But you've been playing that for a long time. Every Correct. time I leave, it's Correct. like, oh my gosh, she's leaving me. And it was only when I, we brought it up to the surface to say that, yeah, hey, this is probably did you what's feel happening. abandoned or rejected or that you weren't important, that people chose other people instead of you growing up? Yeah, right. And then we went a step further to say, did you also actively, was the, did the dialogue reinforce that when your mom would say, hey, your brother and sister like chicken breast more, can you eat the chicken thigh? That was reinforcing that I'm not important. Why not right. me? Why can't I have the chicken breast? Right. Why are they more important than me? Sure. So it's so we end up so because of being six years old and having to choose to eat a chicken thigh, when I go to ten sleep, we all of a sudden end up in a conflict and it's like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, you you can come to ten sleep. Oh, but I don't want to come to ten sleep. Well, then why are you mad at me? Like you want me to send the girls without me? No, no, no. I want you there for them. So where's the win here? Is That's kind of the starting point in this conversation. So we talked about, we all, um, you just recently re- read Joe Dispenza's uh, part where he talks about with his son. Sure. Do you want to give a quick little synopsis uh, of that part of the book and like what Joe did with his own son? Yeah. And this is a, this is one of the best exercises. You really need, need to get the book. I think the, in its context is pretty powerful or join us more on the app because we're sharing a lot of this stuff in depth. But he does a very simple exercise. His son's frustrated with work. 
um, where he currently is. And so his dad call, he calls his dad and he basically says, hey, you know, I'm done with this. I'm just unhappy. I'm going to go find myself. And he loves surfing. So he planned a trip to Indonesia, um, uh, Indonesia and New Zealand and maybe Australia. I can't quite remember that third place. But and, and, he's, and he says, and I'm going to figure this out. And so he starts to goes and does that, calls his dad months later and is like, hey, I, I need I need some help. I need to figure out what, what I want to do. And I know I, what I want. And so Joe Dispenza being Joe Dispenza has him do, do an exercise and he had some, has him write his, the first letter of his name, which is Jace and squiggly lines around him at the quantum. And he knows that he had, that his son is going to have, has a certain amount of time after all, you can only surf so many hours a day. And so he's going to put a lot of power into the mental work that he's going to do. And so he has him to, he has him essentially write down a list of, uh, of the, what he wants out of his future, what kind of job specifically, what kind of, um, the, the elements that will make him feel like he's got an amazing job. So he writes all those down. And on the other side, he writes the emotions that'll be a, that will be associated with that job. So just the gratitude, the joy, the love. And then he goes into the work. And the work is to sit in your meditation and visualize with the most detail those things that he just put down on paper. And not to the point that he's just saying, oh, seeing, visualizing joy. No, you want to conjure up as powerful as possible. Feel those things while you're sitting in your meditation. And that's where the challenge becomes for me. I, I already know that as I go to sit in this, I'm like, ooh, generating that level of joy, love, gratitude, while sitting in meditation is is a is almost a superpower for me but as you can imagine by us sharing this story um he he actually ran out of money called his dad is like well dad i'm i'm stateside and i ran out of money and he actually shares in the book that he's like he knew that every part of him and his as being a father wanted to be like hey i got you don't worry we're gonna figure this out but he knew that his son wouldn't have that growth for generating that that future and so um as it turns out he was you know on a trip snowboarding and then he happened upon was in this uh, surf shop and met a guy who was interested in um in creating new technology for uh for fins well and jace happened to be there at the right time and as you can predict based on this story his sort of dream came true. He had a, a job where he was his own boss in something he loved. He loved surfing. And and his sort of perfect job and the amount even where he talked about the amount came true based on just that visualization and that meditative practice that he executed. Okay, so what's crazy is that Victor and I have lived together almost 30 years, I think 27 years. And there's this element, it's, it's really crazy, you know, when I talk about how can you live a 3D and a 5D reality? How can the world go and coexist and some people stay in a sensory world where, um, you know, maybe they're on UBI or maybe they're on, um, you know, they stay in this rat race mentality and then 5D reality where some people can 
just experienced complete like freedom, liberation, joy. How is that going to work? Well, I'm going to tell you, we've done it for 27 years to some extent. I'm not, obviously we have a lot of love connecting us there to, to keep doing it. But in Victor's mind, he's like, well, I just like, these things just happen. I plug along. Like we end up with this car and we end up with this job and we end up with this, this um, house and we end up on this trip. And it's like this magic fairy kind of comes in and is like, wow, we're in Europe. Like literally you've heard us talk about this on the podcast a long time ago. Like he got to Norway and he's like, oh, whoa, I'm in Norway. It's almost right to you. It almost felt like kind of a dream or surreal. Like, oh, wow, I just stepped off a plane and I'm in Norway because you didn't think about that until you're there. Absolutely. Correct? Okay. Absolutely. Make sure I won't put words in your mouth. No. So he, he kind of goes through, I mean, even like right now we're sitting in Polson, he probably looks out the window like, whoa, how am I in Polson? Because at some point, like I leave San Diego and he's like, I guess I got to get on a plane and go track you down or yeah, get right, to right. where you're at. And so invisi- he has this invisible force that is, that feels like it's pulling him through life that we could call it manifestation in some realms but at the same time it's also just happens to have somebody that's just like booking tickets or you know putting okay putting um just make it pulling these triggers and now i'm going to tell you from this other aspect every single thing in my life has been intentional everything that's happened everywhere we've gone every every little um roadblock and mountain we've climbed has been because i can create it in a vision in my mind first, right? Now I might happen when we first started living in the RV, I used to use Pinterest, like as an example, like, oh, I might see a pin for a place and be like, hmm, now all of a sudden, it's not like I'm just getting it out of thin air, but I am taking it into the point of going, wow, uh, I wonder what this place called Denmark is like. I've never really thought about going to Denmark. Now I see a picture of Denmark. I'm really curious. And then I can take it to another. Denmark's a horrible example because I did not love going to Denmark. So let's say um, Bali, because Bali was one that I was like really curious about. I'm like, hmm, Bali, I don't know. It sounds like, it sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> it sounds like it's kind of third world, but my daughter really wanted to go. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to research it. I'm going to put these ideas in my head and then I'm going to wrap it in a feeling. Wow, it would be really cool to be on a wave that like lasts longer than two seconds. Because when you surf San Diego, it's like a two second wave. And so I thought, wow, that would feel really amazing. And you start to wrap these ideas. So first part, you have to actually have a thought or a vision of something. Like I want a chocolate lava cake tonight for dinner and then you you can wrap it in an emotion like ooh, it's gonna make it's gonna feel nice and warm and yummy in my belly i don't know that's a horrible example but you get the point and so we have these we we have to first have these thoughts or intentions and then be able to wrap them in emotion so i <laughs> i'm trying we're, we're working on that right now right and both of those are really hard correct? yeah super hard Super hard, almost to the point like uh, to me that it's like uh, it's overwhelming. Like there's just I just don't know if I can step into that level of over overwhelm. Like can I throw more push-ups or hard work into it? No, it's it's a sort of something. It's something I can't touch, right? Yeah. And so because you can't touch it, feel it like oh man, I got to go into this place where I don't know if I'm ready. Or, but but again, like okay, I'm a, 
I have to do the work. I'll tell you. This is why people get overwhelmed, right? I was like, what are you talking about? I can think myself to riches. Yeah. I mean, or I can think myself well. I mean, Joe Dispenza has some powerful, powerful scenarios where people cure themselves from cancer. cancer, Thinking about it. From this positive thinking. And so, and people sort of think like, no, that's crazy. Well, the more and more I've done our own research to realize what the body's capable of in healing, it's also capable of in making you ill, right? And so it's important to, to understand that connection. If you understand that and you understand that we are, we are our thoughts, how the mind, how the Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says you reap what you sow. Yeah. Right. There's a reason it's there. It's not just about farming guys. <laughs> right. So, so what's the point? What do we, where do we go from it? I think point one in choosing to put this on the podcast is just an awareness that not everyone thinks like you. So, or that what you think is not the only way to achieve whatever this thing is that you desire. So for us, the point that I always come back to is obviously I have an immense amount of love for Victor because I still sit here in the space of like, man, you don't want more out of life, it seems like, than this. And I do. But at the same time, he, he, he'll really say, right? You do want more. You just yeah. feel like that's Like, something- where do I go? Like, why, why am I stuck, right? And then why do I have this programming that I can't overcome? That's, those are the first two big questions. It's only recently. I'll be what? I'll be 47 here in September. Like, gosh, darn it. I've wasted so much, wasted so much time with this, this programming. Like, let's purge. Let's do whatever. Let's go. And right? yeah, so identifying those programs is, it's really like so, so simple because we kind of all run. There, there's like a handful but there's variations to them that we run, but we're all running them to some extent. And honestly, you can go the easiest way is even looking at your Enneagram, because if your Enneagram is a reflection of your childhood, your childhood is a reflection of your programming. So you know that there's some some element of, like you're a, if you're a type two, there's some element of fear of rejection, not, not being worthy, those things. If you're a type eight, it's not hard to believe that you have some form of control that you had some element, in my case, divorced parents, that I felt like, oh, I have to take control of this situation. Um, and so even now, like for me, I want to take control of my husband and be like, you have to figure this out. And instead, what I end up having to do, this is marriages are so, so complex. And what I have to do is step out and be like, you know what? I'm going to go be take care of myself. I'm going to go uh, work in with a, a little bit more clarity and not be distracted for this week with with our issues. I'm going to just work. I'm going to nurture my kids in their sports. I'm going to try to take care of my body by being in nature again. I'm going to change my environment so that I can get over my fear of being alone, right? It's weird because in a way I always tell Victor, I'm like, well, I have to go be alone in order to get my fear, get over my fear of, if I want to control him, it's because I'm trying to control him because I'm afraid to not be with him. This is, I know you maybe don't follow me, but does it make sense to you? Me? Or are you talking to your audience? <laughs> I'm talking to my audience, but, I was, but if it yeah. makes sense to you, then I'm yeah, anybody. Um, so we're going to wrap it up because uh, Victor's got clients and he's got to get back to work. And I Well, it's sort of like the same thing. If you're afraid of a snake, like, well, do you avoid snakes? 
no, you have that to get over that fear. You have to start off with a snake in the room. Yeah. Safe, eventually get to the point where you can hold a snake, then your fear goes away. And so the same thing goes with, with just about anything, I think. And I think for me, like a lot of the things that I like, I'll, I'll write down all the things like, what do I have to control? What am I controlling right now? And what do I want to keep controlling? Well, in the end, I like, I like to control a lot of how I'm raising my kids still, because I feel like I still have a chance to make a big impact. So it's really important to me to be instilling certain values and helping them through grit, but helping them with compassion. Those things, that's real. I'm not going to give up that. It's also important for me to control how my physical body feels, but I don't need, but maybe right now I'm like, oh, I can give up some control in our relationship. I would love to give up control of money. I don't like love controlling, but I do love controlling the investments because if you know me, I'm a little addicted to crypto. So, Things that, so Victor too, you're like, what can I, where can I evaluate where I'm feeling like I have this attachment to worthiness and where can I let some of those things go, right? You're so, right, right. I mean, and then you have to navigate your way through your, the crud that's, that's sort of holding you back. All right. So I hope you're joining us on the app. We're going to keep this dialogue going over there and hopefully give you a lot of really what what we can offer you the most of is that is the space on the app to do the reflection yourself because while i'm really good at like taking somebody and saying this is obviously your roadblock that's in your way usually it takes time for people to um that one they kind of need to figure it out for themselves and two you kind of have to uh, be in a really good space to hear it from somebody else, as I'm learning after 27 years, that it's better when it, when it does come from other people. So I gave you a lot to think about. Join us on the app. We just uploaded a really, really powerful holotropic um, breath work. I mean, if you want to dig deep and start shedding light on whatever that hangup is that's getting in your way, if you want to be able to take a big leap into this new 5D reality, absolutely go and do that breath work. It is so powerful. You'll even see some of our kids kind of uh, freaked out in the middle of it, but it was good for them because it's clearing out a lot of Actually, like, how weird is it that I'm having my kids, you know, we have birth traumas and literally our kids, like, I gave them that trauma. I gave them life. And then in their birth, I gave them trauma. And then I'm giving them an opportunity to with to it. nurture their clearing of it. That's kind of powerful. I think it's kind of powerful. So, kind of cool. Anyways, love you guys. Thanks. Peace.